Welcome to Living a Maintenance Life. I'm the host and creator, Carlos Damien, a.k.a. Los AFFA. This podcast is about our Shogun Warriors. It's about their stories, their perspectives, and insight into their lives. My hopes for this podcast is to have conversations with different maintenance pros from across our group in order to learn each other better. Over my career, I've served as a maintenance pro, MTI, and first sergeant. I've met amazing people from across the globe, but right here and now, I get the privilege to serve with 2,400 maintenance professionals. Here are some of our conversations. All right, Sino, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Stephanie Paul, and um, I'm over. I work over in the Quality Assurance Office. I'm a Chief Inspector for the Backshops for EMS and CMS, and uh, I'm actually Structural Maintenance by trade, in, from Fabrication Flight. And uh, I came from a very small town. Not a lot of people know about this. Place. It's called Bernie. Um, if you're familiar with Northern California, it's right outside of Reading, um, but it's very, very small. I graduated with about 41 people, so that can give you an idea of how small it actually is. What's your favorite quote and why? Oh, that's a tough question, Chief. Um, I actually try to look up quotes regularly to see what inspires me. And uh, one of the ones that I found just recently was, um, failure is success in progress. Um, so that's something by uh, Albert Einstein. And that's motivational for me to um, don't think of your um, your falls as an actual failure, but something that you learn from and you'll grow from and you'll be successful later on because of it. Who's the most influential maintainer that you've ever met? Retired Senior Master Sergeant Montoya. Um, he is a fellow sheet metal troop. Um, but he's a, he was someone from when I was a younger airman who pushed me really hard to to keep learning, to don't don't stay stagnant. Um, you know, he was always uh, trying to get me on the big jobs, you know, the the lightning strikes and the the big, you know, interesting jobs to like learn and and um and to really perfect my craft. So um, I think it was it was really good for me as far as um, developing. I think I it opened my eyes on um, how much more you gain from experiences like that. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, and to this day, I still reach out to him all the time. And he's still my mentor to this day, and that was like 20 years ago, so. That's awesome. If you could pick something like in particular, um, did anything, one thing that jumps out about him and his leadership style that, uh, that helped you out? His positivity, like he's never, there was never like, oh, there's there's all this work to do, or oh, we got tasked with this. It was always like an opportunity, like everything. He was he had such a great attitude towards moments like that. Even if we're working twelves, you know, he's like, this could be a lot worse. You know, we could be. I, like, we have jobs. Like that's the great thing. We have a job right now and having getting paid for it and getting paid to be an Aviano and getting paid to do, you know, this badass job during this TDY. You know, like he really would like spin it to where, you know, to be thankful for what we're doing and, and uh, really change your attitude. I think that goes a long ways, you know, as far as um, influencing others. It, you know, I feel like a negative attitude can really have a dramatic effect on a, on a group. But if you have a positive attitude, it really does make a difference, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So in your opinion, what makes 
a great maintainer? A good maintainer is patience. And that's difficult to do. It's a difficult balance because um, you're constantly getting pushed to go faster um, because we do have uh, deadlines and e-texts to make, you know. Um, but if you can um, do that safely, push yourself, but also make sure you have patience and do it right the first time, it saves a lot on the back end, you know. A lot of mistakes happen because you rush and you're getting, you know, um, pushed. Uh, so if you take the time and do a little bit extra work on the front end, it it saves you time on the back end. And I think um, it's just the patience, you know, take the extra time to, to do it right. So on the flip side of that, that you know, the patience being uh, making a good maintainer, what makes a good airman? The attitude. I think the attitude towards um, tasks, you know, because I think um, there's a big misunderstanding like when you're younger you kind of think oh supervision doesn't understand what it's like to be on this end you know and it's almost to like where I mean not resentment but you kind of feel that like not that they like giving tasks out but you know it's just <laughs> maybe like, they do <laughs> yeah you feel like sometimes the work that you're doing is is um not needed or extra or you know frivolous so my next question is, what do you what do you value most in a subordinate? What do you value most in a peer? And what do you value most in a uh, uh, in somebody who supervises you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so for subordinates, uh, I think what I value the most is somebody who wants to learn, to have who has that drive that that's you know raises their hand for the volunteer opportunity. Like it's, it becomes tasking when every time, you know, an opportunity comes around and you have to see who wants it or if, or if we need somebody to fill this task and nobody wants to do it. You know, it's one of the, it's, it's frustrating from a leadership point, but an airman who wants to succeed, who wants to learn more things, who wants to be out front and hone their leadership skills, hone their speaking skills, you know, who's interested in running a private org, like it's, it's awesome to have an airman step up and want to do those things. So from a subordinate um, side, that's what I really value. It's people who are really motivated to do that kind of stuff. Um, from a peer, I think uh, what I value is um, assistance. That's something that's kind of challenging for me is asking for help. Um, so it's always nice when you have a peer that says, hey, why well, don't I take that for you? You know, like, you handle this and I, let's divide and conquer. You know, you handle this and I, and I can get this over here and, you know, and call it a day. So that's very helpful because, um, again, I don't like to, uh, I don't often, I will, but I don't often <laughs> ask for help, you know. Um, so, yeah, I definitely uh, cherish a peer who can see that I may be struggling a little bit and, and offer some help. And then for a leader, um, I like the um, leaders or supervisors who have seen potential and have um, put me out front and you know motivated me to do specific things to help develop me and mold me. Um, because that is too, just like, the younger airmen, it's, it's difficult for one to get those positions and, and two to, you know, 
to raise your hand to devote the time. I mean, it's not that I don't want to, but it's like, do I have the time to do it, you know? But when you're, but when somebody encourages you and pushes you and motivates you to do it, then you, you find the time, so. That was great, wow. Yeah, it's, it's always very complex, when, especially when you're dealing in maintenance of, uh, when I ask this question sometimes, it's, you know, they're always such a varied answer. Um, so this is gonna be one of the harder questions I, I, I typically ask for, as a as a person or as a maintainer um what makes you you oh um well I think I have um I definitely feel like I have a hard time saying no to things so I sometimes get over overtasked and um overworked um but at the end of the day, I, I like it. You know, it's almost like I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel like uh, my parents had a big influence on that. Um, you know, we owned a restaurant growing up, and so I would work and go to, or I would go to school and then work, you know, and do my homework after we're closing. And then, like, so I was very busy at a very young age. So it was always like work, 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 work. And um, so I think that has, you know, developed me into who I am today. And I think it's, um, definitely helpful for being in the military because we have a lot of being in maintenance you know we get tasked with a lot of stuff so my next three questions in like kind of almost rapid succession of this what do you really like about maintenance what is something you really dislike about maintenance and then the final question of this is if I gave you like a magic wand to just change one thing you don't necessarily have to come up with a way to fix it um, you just have to say, I would, I would change this. What would it be? So your like, your dislike, what would you change? So I love maintenance. So that's an easy question for me. I, I definitely like maintenance. Um, I think what we do is very important. Um, it is what keeps the mission going, you know, uh, putting aircraft in the sky. Um, so I like that we're entrusted to make that happen. You know, I really do feel proud of what I'm doing. Um, what I don't like is um, not necessarily a maintenance thing, but a support agency thing of not supporting maintenance. And I don't want to dog on anybody else, but um, it's just, you know, interesting or frustrating at times when, you know, we're expected to perform at such high, high levels all the time. You know, there's a lot of writing on it, um, you know, aircraft safety and availability. Um, so we work around the clock. You know, we work weekends. We work um, uh, just 24 hours a day, you know. Yeah, I just wish there was a lot more support for um, maintenance for what we do. So that, would that be the thing you changed? The world's your oyster. One more thing I would change. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would change uh, the EPR system. It's great if you can write well, um, but I don't, I've seen many times where I look at, you know, one of my subordinates' records and it's like, gosh, who wrote this, you know? And to think like this person's career is writing on these documents, it's just, it's frustrating to me, you know? They don't really, um, we aren't giving a lot of guidance in like ALS and PME on that kind of stuff. It's really just, your supervision and your your own uh, mentors who who kind of guide you um so it just seems a little like unfair or not a great system so you've been in for a few years now i won't say how long but you've been in for a few years um 
What kept you coming back? Um, so I was just like everybody else. I was going to do just my six-year enlistment for the GI Bill, my tuition <laughs> assistance. All, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, my third assignment actually was at Aviano, and that's when my enlistment was up. And I was like, well, I didn't get my bachelor's degree, and I don't have any money saved, and I'm in Italy, so I might as well stay. And then it was, you know, it was no point in leaving after that. You know, like it was just too much fun after that. And then the subsequent ones that are on after, same thing? Yeah. Yeah, I went to Little Rock. It was a great, great base. And then to DM. And I loved it there. And now I love it here, too. Can't beat Kadena. You're on a tropical island. I know. I know. I mean. I'm trying to convince people of that, too, sometimes. And it sometimes it takes convincing. I was like, oh, this, is, this place is great. How has your family supported you in the maintenance journey that you've, uh, um, that you've embarked on? Um, I wouldn't have been able to make it without my family as well. Um, I, earlier in my career, I did what a lot of young puppy love couples do and got married, um, probably before I should have. Um, but so, uh, we later on after a few years, uh, went through a divorce and stuff, but, but we have two children and stuff. And, um, so my parents actually, they supported me it, so much more than more than the normal so they actually sold their restaurant and moved to little rock whoa to so that the kids would not be in daycare so they're very they helped me a lot um through that difficult time and um so they stayed out there for a couple of years to help me and then uh yeah and then they went back once the kids started school age this is exactly why I want to have this podcast. This is uh, when I look out into the sea of these 2,400 maintainers that we get to work around every day. Is That's just amazing. That's an amazing story. Yeah. I can't even tell you, like, how fortunate I feel. You know, like, a lot of people don't have that support. And like I said, I don't know how I would have done it without them because it was hard. It was. It's very hard. Like, you know, you still have your goals of, like, progressing and trying to get your degree so you can get to that next level and you know going to school raising kids on your own and like it's it's tough it's very tough and so I can only imagine people who don't have that type of support you know here's a frago question then um because you recently put on senior we were all super proud you know I guess it's a twofold question coming up as a female maintainer um you know we're about eight percent and sometimes we surge up to about 12% to 14% here in, in our group. How's it being a female maintenance professional in a male, kind of a male-dominated career field? Um, I don't think it's a one-answer question because I definitely think it's changed over the years. So if when, when I came in in the very beginning, um, I think it was smaller. I'd have to look up the stats, but I'm pretty sure it was smaller. And then typically, like, the few female friends that I had, they ne normally didn't stay in maintenance. Um, so it is challenging. You are definitely um, the minority. You know, people, all they have to do is say her, and they know who you're talking about. <laughs> you I never know? even considered that. You know, never like, even considered that. Um, so it is, it is challenging. Um, there is some uh, things that come with the territory, such as, like, you know, the... I guess 
not expectation, but the the thought of like, is she going to be able to do it? You know, or is she going to be able to? The the idea that women aren't as good in maintenance is just a, a normal stereotype. So every new base that you go to, you know, you pretty much have to reprove yourself that you can do this and you are capable of doing it. So it is one of the things that um, is a little frustrating, but it never stopped me from trying to to do my job well, you know, and and typically it didn't take long for people to see that I am capable of doing it. Yeah, that's like, like you said, it could be answered, I'm sure, you know, so many different ways. Mm-hmm. But to maybe articulate it even further, I'll ask you this. What advice would you give? And this is kind of a like a, uh, you hear it all the time, but what advice would you give to Airman First Class, Stephanie Paul? Hmm. Just know that, you know, you are capable, just as capable, if not more than any other of the other uh, male technicians that are out there. You know, don't ever feel like you can't do it. You know, you can do it. Um, so, yeah, just to keep pushing, keep pushing yourself, you know. Um, don't get discouraged. You know, life comes with a lot of challenges. So just keep pushing. So in maintenance we have, uh, and I always, uh, like in our pre-read, uh, we were going over maintenance stories. So, you know, you got your TDY stories, you got your first your first TDY, your first deployment, your first X, Y, and Z. When it comes to maintenance, your first time getting QA evaluated, maybe your first time on a, on, you know, on a pretty strange mission of some sorts. The first thing that comes off the top of your head, what's your favorite maintenance story that you can think of? So, my favorite maintenance story... Again, it's very difficult, or very difficult, um, coming from Fab's perspective because we run into a lot of unique <laughs> damage, damages, you know. Um, but yeah, I think, like I said before, it was um, I tried to get in on the big jobs. So like, I remember one time, weapons um, took out one of the cranes that was in our metals tech shop being repaired and it wasn't fully fixed yet but they borrowed it and was installing a gun on a f-16 and the crane collapsed and you know damaged the the uh leading edge wing and the fuselage and stuff so we got to repair that and um just things like that like oh really big jobs that that you know aren't typical nut plates and scab patches you know it's literally like rebuilding you know the wing parts of the aircraft and stuff to wrap this whole thing up you know this is this is your maintenance group this is my maintenance group and these are all the maintainers that we're talking to right now is there anything that you'd like to like a parting shot that you'd like to uh send out to our fellow maintainers uh hmm no just i think um 18th maintenance group kicks butt and uh i'm really proud to be part of this group um fab flight shout out to fab flight i think uh we have some very talented technicians in there 
um, that truly have a skill, a craft, you know, that, that's not just a remove and replace. They actually create things. So I really do give them props. Can you get ready to head over there? Yes, I am. Okay. When's that? Um, in a couple of weeks. I have to do some turnover with my replacement who's coming back to the back shop QA. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate you taking the time. This is, uh, hopefully this is one of very uh, many interviews that we'll do uh, along. So very last question. If you'd want me to interview another person uh, on the, you already got a sneak peek of probably some of the folks I'm interviewing, um, that you would like me to interview, who would that be? It's like a telephone game. I know, huh? Um, Chief Wiesner. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your time. And that Thank does you, it. Chief. I appreciate it. No worries. Teammates, again, thank you for listening. If you or anybody you know wants to be a part of the show, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Los AF Jefe, be happy to have you on the show. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored by the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Though we may use name, ranks, and duty titles, this podcast is strictly opinion-based by the member and myself. Cleared off headsets. Los AF Jefe, out.